episode six of the Real Shift Podcast. I'm Ignacio. Podcast. This is Deborah. And uh, how are you today, Deborah? I'm good. Very productive day. Although I'm a little tired. It's been a long day. I was, I don't know if you heard me at two in the morning, but I was uh, checking in on my dad. He's in the hospital. And I was talking to the nurse. It was like 2 a.m. when I was able to get a hold of her. So, yeah, I'm slightly tired, but we're good. We're in it to win it. We're in it. And we're here uh, shooting this podcast from our home here in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're already at the sixth episode. I know. So. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, it's a little warm outside, but overall a nice day. It didn't. I don't think it went over 110. So, yeah, it's a good day. Tolerable. Tolerable. Uh, well, we're glad that you joined us today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a uh, topic that's recently come up um, with just in our lives, uh, yeah. and it's around suicide and how it's viewed in our society. Uh, obviously, it's a topic we've touched on in previous episodes. And, and a topic we have lived through. Lived through. So we wanted to talk about it again. Uh, we think it's relevant, and for those of you that have been following our story, um, you understand that uh, you know this is something that we advocate for with uh, mental health, uh, addressing mental health, removing the stigma, and this episode definitely is in line with that. Um, so we want to talk about that today. We've always been very transparent with our story uh, from day one when Zan transitioned. We didn't try to hide um, the struggles before, during, and then even after now, and I think that's been a big part. Um, but today we want to talk about how the view is from a society standpoint, whether it's from not just our circle of influence, our friends, but you know, even how it's viewed, uh, whether it's on TV or commentary and things like that. So um, I think it's worth talking about. It's a topic we need to continue talking about. And uh, so I... I think, first of all, I want to talk about, you know, how this this topic, which has been sensitive and continues to be when it's brought up from our family and friends, um, the reaction, I would say, you know, what has been the reaction from our friends and family overall positive? I mean, how is that how you would describe it? Um, well, I don't know how it's, I mean, positive, it's big, but you know, I, I mean, warm, I don't know positive is probably the word I would choose to use. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of compassion, mm-hmm. mostly, but there's also been quite a bit of ignorance in conversations, and so that's just the reality of where it's at. Yeah, well, I think that um, when you live it every day, you learn more, you read more, you hear podcasts on it, you do learn lots of the terminologies, you learn what you know could be hurtful to say to somebody versus somebody who's just never dealt with it at all. You can see how right. easy it is to make missteps. But yeah, there is a lot of uh, ignorance and um, where that where that can come from. But overall, I would say from day one of the journey, um, it's been people that have embraced us with compassion, um, especially for coming out with our story and how many people have not because of that opened up to us, whether oh, absolutely. it's friends, absolutely. parents, um, you know, teenagers, young adults, 
that have opened up to us because we were open with our story. They've opened up to, to us. Yeah. For the most part. And, you know, for the most part, good. Um, I haven't heard anything bad or what I would say to my face, but obviously indirectly you hear things or assumptions that get made. So there is that bag that happens out there when you're talking to something that's very near and dear. So for the, for the most part, very positive. For the most part. But you're liking that there's word tonight. always <laughs> that piece of, you know, what's not said and how, it's, how it may be implied. Well, I think early on, some things have, were said to you directly. It's just because I remember them and I was pretty livid. You know, because I, I, anything that is said in regards to whether it's Ava or Zan, I'm Mama Bear and I take eyeballs out. Yeah. Or at least want to. Right. I haven't taken any eyeballs out. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a journey when we talk about it from a societal view. Um, I mean, I can recall uh, friends, friends in the past, you know, this is before Zan, funerals that I've been to were, you know, the family, we're very close with the family and friends that have shared the person did die by suicide. But because of the church that they were being buried at, um, they could not disclose that. They named some undisclosed thing. And, right. you know, just a lot of shame behind it. And the story had to be kept secret. Well, and, and most recently, maybe two years ago, um, a therapist that we had met, and I remember her sharing her story about her dad that had died by suicide and because of their culture and faith the mom had to say another reason or else yeah they they would not be able to have the service for him in the building and um that's sad yeah it really it really is and i think that's a big reason why people don't talk about it um how is it viewed will i be accepted is it does it bring shame on me does it bring shame on the the loved ones, and therefore I can't be transparent, you know, even though that's maybe the truth of the situation. And I do think that's a sad situation, and that's why we're talking about it right. here today. Um, you know, and, and I think kind of related to the, those topics is we've been very sensitive to what it means when somebody makes on offhand comments. And prior to this, I'm sure, you know, maybe I've even participated in some comments. But oh, I have. Once you've, <laughs> once you've, uh, You've lived through it. You're just very you, you're just very sensitive to what people may be saying, and it is an everyday culture when you think about you know that that topic, and it's usually in a negative regard, like you know, you know if that happens, you know, just kill me, or I'm going to kill myself, or I'm going to just jump off. Right. And this comments that really flippant said, and I don't think anybody really. I mean, they say it to us. I'm sure they're not thinking when they say it, right. but it's just said well, I so mean, regularly. Yeah, I, I, I used to make comments. I used to make gestures in regards to different situations, clearly, ignorantly, because I had no idea what that looked like on the other side. Yeah. And so now I am, I mean, I, I'm at the awareness to the umph degree. Um, so I think that's where that difference between people who know our story and still have not, in my opinion, chosen to understand people who call themselves family or friends and, and they are not um, educating themselves or learning about this stuff to, to be, 
you know, and to, to, to be caring enough for others right. in this situation. Now, people that don't know my story, I mean, I, I can't expect right. someone to not, that doesn't know to have any filter, but, you know, it comes down to the whole filter thing and, and thinking before you speak, which. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's just around being aware and big picture. I mean, our hope for this is that um, that we're bringing awareness to the topic so that if this is in, you know, five or 10 years now, what's normal or what's said, or people are being cognizant about what's being said, um, that that is a conscious thought on people's minds. Uh, but, you know, having been there before and hereafter, it's a big deal. And I think the other piece to it now is that since then, our number of people that we know that have reached out to us because a loved one has died by suicide, um, a family, a friend, or somebody that died years ago that opened up to us privately for that reason, that there's a lot of people that have been affected by this. Yeah. And so when you think about the comments, you may not know that, that you know, you're making a comment or in jest or saying something that it just shouldn't be part of our vocabulary. So we think about other things that are no longer acceptable to be said um, for any other reason that's just not right to do, that we're cognizant of. This is something I think that should be at the forefront. Absolutely. I, you know, I think back years, years back where I would make comments and not, not in regards, not just in regards to maybe suicide or death or things, just very ignorantly and very arrogantly and followed by some of those comments, I would say, well, like, it's not my issue. Mm -hmm. Like, why, why do I need to tiptoe? Or others would say, why am, why do I need to tiptoe around people's emotions or, you know, tiptoe around how people are feeling and that's their issue. Um, and looking back, I'm like, damn, I was a really self-centered person. And all I thought about was me and who cares about everybody else. That's just truth. And you run into that. But when you choose to take a step back and you choose to think of others and how they feel, yeah, how you feel isn't as important because you want others to, to feel okay comfortable, feel accepted, feel loved, feel embraced. And for myself, not, not just because I've walked, we've walked this through, um, with the transition of Zan, even before then, right. It, it was a, it was a, I, it's like I evolved from the 15 to 20 year old Deborah, 22, 23 to learning, growing up and being compassionate at a, another level, because if we go back to like the church, right? It's about loving people, but yet so many stupid things were said, and in conversations, and I say stupid as in very arrogant, self-centered comments. Yeah, not regarding the human next to you. So I'm sorry to like going off the cuff on that. Yeah, but I, I, I think you I think you tie in a good a good point, and I know that's not the focal point of this podcast. The next one will be. Um, but it's how, you know, why it is easier for some people to be very very cruel, especially from a religious context, if you believe cruel things about them in the afterlife. True. So 
Um, so, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, just related to this topic, and we mentioned, you know, the numbers are staggering. You guys have seen the stats, one in five uh, teens, young males, uh, uh, females, uh, IG issues, body shaming, all these things that come up, and the number of, of uh, suicide ideation and attempts, that it's very possible that somebody you've talked to this week has had the thought, like, life sucks, the world's better without me, why not just end it? And from that context of main, you're not, you're not aware that somebody's in that spot, that's the compassion we're, we're bringing to the forefront that it's very likely somebody's battling and to be open and to be open to being that person that can help, that can be a, uh, a support or offering a kind word. It doesn't need to be all overly serious, but just, just to be there, that could well, make a difference. Well, yeah, just this week. I actually had um, a conversation with someone in person, and it was interesting. This person's very successful in um, with the world of real estate, and we sat down to have a meeting and talking. We were just talking through she knows, she knows our story, and um, she said, you know, this over the weekend these things happen. I mean, no other reason but to be and feel so great about myself because X amount went into escrow. And, I, and you know, in my head, I'm like, dang, that's that's a nice paycheck. You know, <laughs> I'm like calculating dollars all day. Um, and she's all, but when I got home, I just felt empty. And I was done. I didn't want to be. And the fact that she felt comfortable enough yeah. To share with me one, that was huge. And she says, I'm sharing with you because I know you understand how I'm feeling. I know you you won't judge me. I know that you get it. And and ultimately, she knows I won't out her, right? Because as I always go back to, it's not my story to tell. And I know we share a lot of conversations to a certain extent without sharing names and we'll change them from male to female and sort of we'll change it so that people can't try and figure out who we're speaking of. But the reality is that I did speak to someone this week Yeah, that even after a great successful day and probably had every reason to pop open a bottle of champagne and celebrate her wins was like, I'm done. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of um, studies, and I, I saw an article about, um, I think it was a college thread or study research that they're studying athletes that operate at the highest level. Michael Phelps is in that camp, and Michael Phelps has been very vocal about his mental health journey and risks that he had to get through and still battles. But he said that the biggest down that he had were the days following his best championship. Like he just felt so inadequate and it just like such a failure after winning gold medal or most decorated Olympian and just really feeling like I'm just not enough. If this is what it is, I need to produce more to be loved and I'm just not enough. And that just continues to just eat and eat. And I think that goes into our next topic, which is um, as we've gone through this, we've had to really look at ourselves and our family and draw on each other's strength. But in addition to that, you know, our faith, I can speak for myself to say that um, 
I had to look at, look at my heavenly father and say, I, I can't do this without you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not right. enough on my own. And it really did bond in that instance, the relationship personally that I otherwise would not have known him from that aspect outside of going through the fire. I mean, it, it sucks that that, that that took me through there, but truly I can say that that relationship is stronger and forged. Not that it's all happy days, but I'm closer because that took me through that. Right. It carried you. It carries you, and it continues to. Right. I mean, in, in a beautiful way, I can say God's faithful in spite of tragedy. And um, I think that for whatever that is, that's what a lot of people are looking for in their own lives and however they find their spiritual journey, right. that they're missing that thing. And I, I think Albert Einstein said one of, the, one of the greatest decisions we need to determine in our life is do we live in a world of peace and happiness or a world of chaos? And whatever you believe dictates how you view the world. Right. You know, and so if you really believe we're just random happenstance accidental beings that are just here by chance and anything can happen to us at any moment, then your life will play out a certain way and you will interpret things in your life a certain way and you will fight and respond in a certain way versus if you really believe you're created in love and that your days, your beginning and your end date were predefined, that that, that impacts how you view what happens to you in life. Right. Well, and, yeah, I agree. I believe I was created in love, but anything can happen. I mean, it could, but, 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 so I I, I believe a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Is it anything that would happen that, that your creator didn't know about? No, no, I, I, and that's, yeah, absolutely. Happen, it just really it, sucks. But what I believe, right? Because that, right. that's the I, I believe, yeah, I was created in love, and that my beginning and end is known. I just, I just don't know it. <laughs> like, I don't know my beginning and end. So, I, I, my trust is in for me, God, others, the universe, whatever it is, right? That, that you believe, whatever to your point, yeah. you're, you know, it's an individual journey if it's spiritual or otherwise and um you know as, as we mentioned to this and and there's brief friends and brief family recently you know and last year and the year before that um and those that come from from faith and from a a religious background that you know just teaches absolute against you know you do this sin and you will burn in hell continuously consciously for the rest of your life no right and ifs or buts about it no get out of jail card and you know i i and as i hear it it breaks my heart because these are families that are already being broken by grief by immediate family loved ones and then to have this constant thought that my loved one is in eternal torment and you know i i do want to talk about that because i will share with you my view and my faith on that and as i mentioned i believe God and I call him Jesus. He's faithful and he's loving and he's kind. And it, according to the Bible, I believe it. His mercies are for everlasting, as high as the heavens, right? And you believe that, and we sing that in church. But we'll we'll turn around somebody 
will turn around very hatefully and tell my daughter that your son's in hell. Your brother's in hell. Your, your brother's in hell. And, and how, how, you know, mental illness is a disease where your body, because every cell in your body will fight to live. If you stick somebody underwater, they will fight to live regardless of where they're at. They will fight to live. Your cells, everything works to live and to, you know, keep itself going. So you really have to be sick and to turn on your body to, to go through that way. Right, like cancer and it turns on your body. And to say that loving God, eternal Father that created us, that's known us, will then take that person who's ill and then torture him for the rest of, or her for the rest of eternity. That's sick. That's a sick yeah. and twisted truth that I just don't believe. Uh, and I don't believe it's, it has well, any narrative. Truth. It's a sick and twisted lie. Yeah, and it doesn't have pit. any narrative. <laughs> and so for anybody who is listening to this, if you've stumbled across, I saw that there was some folks that even saw this podcast from Europe. So if you're still watching this, I just want to say you don't you don't have to live that. Your your family member, the good father, he knows. He knows our brokenness. He knows where they were at and you don't have to carry that. And um, that's a that's a big reason why we're, we have this message today. And and that you know our experience has been from the Christian world culture, right? Yeah. But I, I remember um, 2019, Zan transitioned in October. We spent the Christmas with Ava in New York, and we were in Times Square. And I mean, how we were how we managed our emotions yeah. during that time was truly for Ava. Um, but I, I, you know, in walking and I remember one of the street performers, do you remember that? He was, Is he, he stopped was us. Was he the transformer guy? I think so. And he was, I, he was I like probably Titus have a picture. Yeah. But he, you know, mm-hmm. he actually spoke Spanish and immediately, oh, yeah. you know, we connected with him and he's like, Oh, you're a beautiful daughter. You know, do you have any other children? And we always respond. Yes. Oh, well, where are they? And, we explained, and oh, and of course, the question that follows is, well, can I ask how? And so we are always very truthful. And he, like, his, everything about him changed. And he's like, well, you know, you can go on your knees to whatever, um, to, to go ask the father for his soul. And, you know, he's in purgatory. And I just looked at him and I smiled. I said, oh, I go, thank you. Remember, thank you for that, but I know my son's good. Like, I don't believe that. Right. He said and it with sincerity. He did say it with sincerity. Absolutely. It wasn't from a bad right. place. Like, he was like, but his, his, you could tell he was like heartbroken for, for us. us. Like, oh, please, like, you know, do this, do this for your son. And I'm like, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you understand how good the father is, and he, you know, and we'll talk a little bit about that in our next episode, but, um, Five, 10, 20 years from now, what is your hope with with how society views mental health, mental illness, this topic of suicide? My hope and the reason why we have a foundation, um, Zanu Matter Foundation, with an X, is that we end stigma and raise awareness primarily, as well as providing um, the tools, education for, for people to be informed and to have resources. But my hope is that 10, 20 years from now, when someone actually 
my hope is that someone can feel safe enough to say to a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, a teacher, family member, family member, I'm feeling X, Y, Z today. And for the response to be, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me help you with this, or let me show you this, or how can I listen? And, and be equipped to support the same yeah. way if you came to me, like you have in the past, and have said, I have a headache, or I have, I'm having acid reflux, Deb, do you have, do we have any Gaviskin scut somewhere, or Tums, right. or Tylenol? And like, yes, let me get that for you. I want the conversation to be that easy. Damn. That it's okay to talk about it. And that's, that, that is our hope, and I concur and agree this is why we're doing this, uh, this podcast, and this is one of the topics near and dear to our heart. Uh, so we encourage you, if you're looking for resources, if you're watching this or know somebody that is looking, as Deborah mentioned, the Zen You Matter Foundation, 988-TEXT. 988-TEXT. Uh, national number here in the U.S., and as well as a crisis resource center if, if it's available in your area. Uh, or if we can be of help of any kind, uh, we're here and we offer that to you. So we send out our love and uh, we appreciate you talking about this very sensitive but very important topic and take care yeah. of each other. And know you matter. <laughs>